I'm Jay Barrett. This is the regular Thursday COVID brief, and uh, uh, I, I am joined by the stalwart Dorotha Ferraro. Hello, Dorotha. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Lauren Carroll is going to be a little bit late. We found out here a couple of minutes ago. And uh, Peggy uh, Urkadeff from the school district is a little under the weather today. And really, who can blame her? Uh, we've got a blizzard uh, come rolling in right now. And uh, <laughs> be nice to be under the weather myself. Uh, well, Dorotha, just you and me right now, why don't we talk about uh, uh, the numbers that uh, are regularly generated out of SPH there? What's, uh, what's been happening the past week? You bet. Well, thank you, Jay. Um, so for the week ending December 7, in that week, we had eight visits to the ER related to COVID. We had three new admissions. We did 544 tests. Um, our positivity rate at our testing, through our testing um, services, 3% positivity rate. And we did 11 of the outpatient monoclonal um, antibody infusions. So these numbers actually are trending upwards a little bit, all of them. Um, that's that's an increase in number of ER visits related to COVID. That's an increase in number of admissions in a week, um, an increase in um, the monoclonal antibody infusions over the prior week, um, week or two. So I don't know that the um, increase is significant enough to be trending, um, but it definitely is not the downward trend that we had seen over the last couple of weeks. Wow. What was the positivity rate again of tests? Three, three percent. And oh, okay. um, for the for pretty much the month of November and early December, we've been in the two percent, three percent. Early November, we were at four percent. So it's just the last um, week or so we've been at two percent. So now we've jumped a little bit. Ah, okay. I was uh, one of the negatives. Apparently, I just have a sinus infection or something or had last week. Um, the um, testing is uh, still available um, seven days a week up there? Yes, so we test from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the COVID test and vaccine site on Bartlett Street. And our intention is certainly to keep that seven days a week, nine to six for testing. However, um, there are some holiday hours that will be um, heading our way for Christmas and New Year's. So we have decided for Christmas Eve to close early. Um, we should be closing around noon on Christmas Eve, and then we will be closed all day on Christmas Day. So I'll be reminding everybody as we draw closer, but just knowing that that will be a day and a half without testing services, which is um, unusual for um, this community. We have put a request in to the state to um, explore offering home tests during that time so that if there is somebody who learns in that moment, because you, you can't control when you're going to learn that you were exposed to somebody with COVID. And so it would just be great that if we did have something available for immediate action. So we have put in a request to learn if we would be eligible for having some of those home tests here so that if somebody did need to come on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, um, we would have something to give them so that they would not have to wait until December 26. So stand by for more information on that while we um, await to hear if we're eligible for those. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, how are vaccinations uh, going? 
Um, still very um, popular in the Southern Peninsula. Um, over the last week, we administered 226 total vaccines. Um, yes, many of those were boosters, but many, well, I shouldn't say many, some of those were um, first doses or second dose. So we still continue to see an active um, outreach of individuals wanting to get um, vaccinated. So yes, we did 226 um, over the last week. Do you track how many pediatric doses uh, are administered? You know, I apologize. I think you asked me that last week um, and I failed to reach out to the team. I'm sure that they have that somewhere, but I don't have that handy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we had a question. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of the question we've uh, had for a while. It's about uh, the vaccine mandate, the federal mandates. Uh, there have been, you explained last week that there were uh, lawsuits uh, uh, elsewhere. Um, and that has uh, affected the rollout of um, mandates. Uh, could you update us on where that stands as far as uh, SPH goes? Um, yes, the the mandate that CMS um, issued back at the beginning of November um, for all healthcare workers to be vaccinated or um, have a, a an approved exemption that lawsuit has been put on a stay or a hold. So although we had started rolling it out and it was in effect for about a week or so um, because of, actually because of two lawsuits, um, it is now on a nationwide hold. It's not just on hold at South Peninsula Hospital. The the actual mandate from CMS is now on a, um, on a hold. Things are happening at the um, kind of the, the um, circuit court level throughout the United States where um, different judges are doing their um, opinions on it um, based on whether it was filed in their district or not. And that is certainly um, collecting, uh, allowing for collection of evidence and not evidence, but um, rulings to be able to help the federal appeal um, as CMS appeals. But right now there is no um, there, there is no final decision. Mm -hmm. You know, I meant to ask last week, and I forgot, uh, and I knew at one time, I can't remember, CMS stands for Centers for what now? Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And um, see, although, although Medicare to many of the listeners is an insurance for people, Medicaid to, men, to some of the listeners is their insurance. Um, to the hospital, Medicare and Medicaid, which we call them CMS, they are a payer and they are a payer that has um, very clear guidelines that we have to follow when we agree to give care to their insured. So if we agree to accept Medicare or we agree to accept Medicaid, then by doing that, we agree to follow their rules. Um, additionally, because we are a critical access hospital, which although it might be hundreds of pages of guidelines, basically what being a critical access hospital means is that we're a small rural hospital. We have fewer than so many beds and it is more than so many miles to the next hospital. And um, so we also have guidance from them because we are a critical access hospital. So it's the rules of the game if you're going to accept their insured patients. In the Southern Peninsula, the vast majority of people, um, the vast majority of our residents are Medicare and Medicaid. Oh, okay. Um, 
does your uh, uh, test tracking, going back to testing, uh, does it, um, do you separate om Omicron, Omicron uh, cases from, I guess it's mostly Delta cases? We do not. The um, state lab is doing the, the sequencing on the um, swabs. Oh, okay. Uh, do they return that information to you? I do not know. Well, oh, okay. I'm just uh, curious about the Omicron um, strain. Uh, you know, it's been in, dominating the news for the past week and a half here. Um, by the way, I found out what Omicron means. Uh, uh, are you up to speed on that, Dorotha? I am not. Oh, well, let me share this with you. Uh, it's originally from Phoenician, you know, who lived in uh, the Eastern Mediterranean and then adopted by the Greeks in their alphabet. Uh, if you take the O away from the rest of the word, it's like O and then micron, like little. So it's little O. It's literally little O, which uh, begs the question, is there a big, a capital O? And there is. And it's uh, omega. If you separate the O from mm -hmm. the rest of it, it's O and then mega, which is big, right? So... Mm -hmm. That's that's my thank, interesting fact. Thank you for fact. doing that homework. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know when you when you sit here looking at uh, words all day, you start wondering about them. Um, we are expecting Lauren Carroll to join us here in just a couple of minutes. You're listening to the COVID brief. I'm Jay Barrett, and uh, we have Dorotha Ferraro from South Peninsula Hospital on the line. Uh, there was a story, I don't know if you heard it on um, Here and Now this morning, uh, might have been earlier on uh, Morning Edition, uh, talking about uh, monoclonal antibodies. Did you happen to catch that, Dorotha? I did not. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was talking about the, uh, the benefits of it and, uh, uh, and how it is, uh, and I wanted to reiterate for people that it's, uh, it's for uh, that's what I'm looking. You need a referral for it, right? You still need um, a referral. That is the, that is the recommendation um, that the emergency use authorization um, has included. So the monoclonal antibody treatment has been approved by FDA under emergency use authorization for use with a certain group of individuals. So it's not just um, approved um, under that emergency use authorization for everyone. It's approved for a certain group, which basically is kind of the high risk group for um, advanced illness or serious illness from COVID if they're exposed to the virus. So basically it's age, underlying health conditions, um, uh, pretty much a, a, a pretty long list of underlying um, health conditions or age or um, other health issues. So we follow that pretty closely. Um, whether other locations in the state of Alaska or nation do, um, I do not know. But yes, here we do follow that, and it does require a physician visit, um, either virtual or in person, then following by a physician referral. Ah, excellent. Uh, Lauren has joined us. Uh, good morning. Nurse Lauren Carroll from the Alaska Division of Public Health Nursing. How are you today? Well, I'm hoping that he can hear me. One, two. Hey, Jake, I got you. Hey, there you are, Lauren. How are you today? Oh, hey, good morning. You're loud and clear. Excellent, excellent. Uh, we were just talking about uh, all things uh, COVID. Uh, 
Uh, we were discussing uh, Omicron, and we were talking about positivity rates and uh, all manner of things. What's uh, the latest from your end with all the numbers? Ooh, let's see. I guess I would say starting off, when looking at the statewide alert map, that's the one with the colors, we're starting to see some different colors. Um, so not every area of the state uh, is red or high alert, but overall um, the state, in terms of just looking at the state itself, we're still in higher or red alert. Uh, so there's some areas throughout the southeast and the Aleutians that are not in red alert. And we've had a decrease in cases compared to last week of uh, about 11%, and, and that's great news. And compared to a couple of weeks ago, uh, we've had an even uh, bigger decrease. Um, in regards to Omicron, Omicron, O-M, Omicron, there's no N in there, uh, O-M-I-C-R-O-N, um, that emerged or was discovered November uh, 24th, and WHO, WHO, World Health Organization, named it on November 26th. And I think a couple of points about that are it's starting to spread uh, not only globally but throughout the U.S. And from today's perspective, it is existing in about 20 uh, states throughout the United States. Um, but we, it's not known to be in Alaska quite yet. And also important to note that sequencing takes quite a while, so it could be here in, in our state, but we might not quite know it yet. So we'll know more in the, in the immediate future. Mm. Okay. Uh, you know, the, of course, it's just emerging, as you said. Uh, some of the things I've read uh, indicate it may not be, uh, while it may become a do the dominant strain, it may not be as infectious as, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Virulent, damaging, I guess. Uh, insert the right word there for me, uh, as Delta. Uh, it, and as I recall, the 1918 uh, Spanish flu uh, petered out this way. There was a wave that came that was much less, I think it was the third wave, much less uh, virulent, maybe it was the fourth. Uh, it, it, are we looking at uh, uh, the coronavirus um, evolving itself out of significance here? You know, those are good questions, Jay. Uh, the, the best answer is we don't quite know right now, but we'll know more in the immediate future. But I think from what we know from today's perspective, it looks like Omicron variant will likely spread more easily uh, than the original one. But how that will compare to Delta, the most, the most uh, recent uh, variant, that remains unknown. So CDC experts and other scientists are working on that right now. And then in regards to virulence or Omicron's ability to cause damage to an individual and, and then also community, um, that's not known yet either. More data is needed to, to be able to report back on that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, a question from a listener. Is there any update on the approval or use of Pfizer or Merck's at-home antiviral pills? And uh, curious if you have any idea when those might be available. I don't have an update on that. Oh, okay. And I yeah, do, do you, not either. Ah, do, do you guys know anything about these pills? I think we touched on them a couple of weeks ago briefly, but uh, are these are, are these like any uh, monoclonal antibodies in pill form, or what's the deal here? You know, I don't have information on that either. Uh, I guess stay tuned and, until more information is released. All right. Well, we will. I, I will look that up next week. Yeah. 
Yeah, there are several um, new and and um, up and coming treatments that have been um, put in for approval to the FDA. And so there's a variety. Some of them are kind of um, monoclonal antibody um, uh, doses to be used um, for individuals who are not currently infected but um, and who have not been exposed, but they have moderately to severe um, immune systems due to um, other health um, situations or a history of severe reactions to the vaccine. And so the, 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 that's one example, but there's um, numerous treatment and um, drugs that are in, in the lanes for approval. Mm -hmm. Lauren, can I ask you about the uh, lasting efficacy of, of vaccines? You know, when, when these mRNA vaccines came out for COVID, there was talk about how uh, it, uh, it teaches the immune system, you know, uh, to look uh, for, for the coronavirus in the future. Uh, but it's, it, it, everything since then seems to indicate that the efficacy falls off quicker than, say, you know, like might my measles shot when I was five or whenever I got it. Uh, I haven't needed another measles shot as far as I know. Um, what's the deal there? Yeah, that's right. Those are good questions. You know, one thing about uh, mRNA vaccines and the Janssen is that they're highly effective, but just like all vaccines, uh, efficacy wanes over time. But, you know, the difference between um, you know, something like measles and COVID-19 or the SARS-CoV-2 virus is that the SARS-CoV-2 virus continues to mutate. And, and, and that's, some of those mutations are uh, effective in partially escaping uh, protection that folks have from either previous disease, but also vaccination. So a couple other things that we know is that kiddos, when they get vaccines, uh, their robust uh, immune system remembers uh, that that information from the vaccine very well. Um, but it, adults over time, even after a couple shots, that immunity wanes over time. Um, but this uh, information that we do have regarding boosters is that after an adult receives an mRNA uh, booster or J&J, it boosts that efficacy right back up into the uh, mid-90s or higher. Mm. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I had a uh, sinus infection last week. I thought it was a cold, um, and it's all well and good. Uh, but let's see, what am I trying to ask? Can seasonal uh, cold and flu uh, leave one more vulnerable to severe COVID uh, infection if one were to uh, get a COVID infection? Does a cold and flu make it worse? Oh, that's possible. You know, things like decrease, what we call decreased lung compliance or your lungs ability to move air in and out. When that decreases um, or you're moving less air, then you're more susceptible for things like uh, pneumonia and, and other uh, health threats like cold viruses and influenza. And that's why we say when you, if you do get COVID um, and, and you're okay to stay home and you're taking care of your signs and symptoms and separating from other folks, it's okay to rest, but as soon as you can, get up and start moving around, and that gets your lungs moving, and, and that decreases your chance of, of getting other uh, infections or complications from other respiratory infections. Ah, okay. What about in the uh, other direction? If I have a, uh, 
respiratory infection should I be uh, and recovered I guess should I be extra careful for a while um, afterwards yeah you know uh, in general if someone gets an infection um, then you know all the vari variables known and unknown that made it possible for that person to get infection are still present or most of them are for the next um, you know potential uh, health threat so the idea there um, or a thought might be um, to to continue looking at your resilience factors or how you look at health or improving your own health. And certainly that can help you in the future as you look to face other threats. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at uh, yesterday's uh, Alaska COVID-19 uh, data summary. Um, 441 new cases, three deaths, 76 hospitalizations. Uh, I noticed that our uh, vaccination rate on the Kenai Peninsula is uh, edging up again. We're back up to 47. We had broken 50 before the uh, uh, kids were added to it, 5 to 11-year-olds. Uh, but we're at 47 now, and so we're back on the way, uh, way up. Um, as far as uh, testing, uh, it, this doesn't... Uh, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? Uh, break it out either, but we were wondering, I was wondering earlier if uh, the cases in Alaska have been um, differentiated. Has, has uh, Omicron been uh, identified and, uh, and uh, found in Alaska? Omicron uh, hasn't been identified in Alaska yet, um, but it is in several uh, states across the country. Um, you know, uh, a couple examples here are Washington, California, and Hawaii. So it's particularly important as if you're going to travel, you and your family for the holidays, uh, to be thinking about all the things that we've learned so much in the past uh, couple months. Um, so we'll see variants come and go. Uh, but one thing remains consistent is that this virus is transmitted through the air from person to person. And things like wearing a mask um, keeping distance between yourself and others um, and also getting vaccinated can help prevent uh, Omicron and the other variants from passing and spreading throughout our not only state but down here on the southern Kenai Peninsula. Mm -hmm. What? Jay. Yes, Excuse go ahead. Me. Yes, so um, specific to the um, pediatric vaccines, you asked earlier how many we'd done, and um, while Lauren was giving his um, briefing, I was able to locate that. So um, as far as the age group of um, 5 to 11 years old, we have done 280 doses, and um, some of those would be second doses because we rolled that out in early November. Um, so they would be um, eligible for their second dose by now, but we've done a total of 280 doses. And in general, for the kind of minors um, age 5 to 17, we've done um, over 860 doses there. Ah, okay. You know, I just got a note uh, from a listener, wanted to, uh, uh, I guess, have you remind, Lauren, uh, people that uh, just because a vaccine needs a booster doesn't mean that it's not effective, right? It's just a response to the situation in the world. It's the need for the vaccine, right? Oh, that's very true. I, I appreciate that comment and feedback. Yeah, when, when you get a vaccine um, and your body has a chance to build immunity as much as it can, 
uh, with the help of that vaccine, uh, you have probably the most uh, immunity um, to those threats, in this case, uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus, uh, for the uh, immediate uh, several months. And it's true that that will decrease over time, and we expect that. Um, but that doesn't mean that it goes to zero. That's very true. So um, I got vaccinated about a year ago, fully vaccinated. So that means uh, most likely my the efficacy of that vaccine was probably in the mid-90s or more. And then after about six months, that may have went down um, possibly into the 80s. Um, but I got boosted, and I'm right back up into uh, the, the 90s, most likely. And so when we're talking about efficacy, what we mean by that is the vaccine's ability to keep you out of the hospital, keep you from dying from COVID-19, um, but also to keep you from getting the infection and passing it on to other people. Yeah, I appreciate that feedback. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, excellent. Uh, well, it is 927, and in lieu of um, a lack of any more questions from our listening audience, uh, I will ask the panel here if uh, you have any final thoughts for us to uh, send us off to the weekend. Dorotha? I would just um, remind everybody that if you have a symptom, don't hesitate to get tested. Um, the s symptoms are different for each person, and um, it's easy to assume um, something, but if you have a new onset of a symptom that is really not familiar or a surprise, please go get tested nine to six at the test and vaccine um, clinic daily. And as Lauren said, wearing a mask, keeping your distance is really proven and um, especially here within our walls. And that is why we do require universal masking. So if you are here for a procedure or a visit um, or you're accompanying somebody um, as such, um, we do still require that you wear a mask. Thank you. Thank you. Lauren? Oh, I guess as we head into the holidays, just maybe a couple thoughts. Um, yeah, it's never too late to consider a vaccine if you haven't gotten it yet. Uh, right now is the right time to get a booster if it's been at least six months uh, since you completed Pfizer or Moderna. And it's been at least two months since you completed uh, the one and done with Janssen. Um, and I guess I would say, too, uh, holidays are a great time to sit back, relax, and spend time with uh, family and friends. Um, so kind of within that, I just want to say thanks to all the healthcare uh, folks out there that have been working so hard to keep um, themselves, um, but also our community safe. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, thank you. Lauren Carroll and Dorotha Ferraro have been our guests on this, the regular Thursday COVID brief. It is just about 9.30. I wanna thank everybody for uh, joining us and uh, Simon and Josh back at the studio for keeping everything running. I'm Jay Barrett, have a great day.